0: welcome welcome i would like to welcome you to episode 401 of the unpopular podcast this is the man the myth the legend Jalen hunter here at the unpopular podcast I only ask you to agree with me i'm asking you to hear me out when you got to that age where jobs started to be important for you where it was vital for you to get a job There was something that your mother, your father, your guardian, whoever, usually helped you with, and that is called a resume. Now, obviously, some resumes are more extensive than others at that age. Some resumes don't have anything because you really haven't done much in the work world, but resumes were always important as far as displaying what you've done and if you qualify for said job that's how it's always been now yes i understand that some jobs resumes matter more or less than others i get that i'm not we're not having a conversation about resumes to that extent but what i'm saying is the resume is supposed to show what you've done and the resume is supposed to be a paper or two To to describe or to answer the question, are you suitable for this job? Now, what's interesting about resumes is everything that you do is supposed to be on that resume. Resumes are supposed to tell your work story, your work history. And... When you look at some people's resumes, you can clearly see that they have not done enough to get the job. When you look at some resumes, some people have done more than enough to get the job. When you look at some people's resumes, they're overqualified for the job. That's what resumes are for. They're supposed to tell the story of your work life. Now... There's trigger words in media. There's trigger words in the world right now. And I try to stay away from those trigger words. I try hard. But this week or last week, Cliff Kingsbury was announced as the offensive coordinator for the Washington Commanders. We talked about last episode how Dan Quinn, who was the defensive coordinator for the Dallas Cowboys, he was also the head coach for Atlanta Falcons. Uh, He was the defensive coordinator for the Seattle Seahawks that won a Super Bowl, i.e. the resume. Dan Quinn became the new head coach for the Washington Commanders. And now reports have come out that Cliff Kingsbury, who was in the running for the Raiders offensive coordinator position, withdrew his name there and signed on to become the Washington Commanders offensive coordinator. When you look at a move like that, you ask, the first thing I ask myself is, Qualifications. What have has, I'm sorry, Cliff Kingsbury done to qualify as the offensive coordinator for the Washington Commanders? We're gonna talk about Eric me in a second, so let's I ain't forget about him. I understand that Cliff Kingsbury was the head coach for Texas Tech. And when he took the job to be the head coach of the Arizona Cardinals, remember, he had a losing record at Texas Tech. But he took the head coach at Arizona Cardinals. Kyler Murray was his quarterback. And when he finished as the head coach of the Arizona Cardinals, you guessed it, he had a losing record. We talk about resumes. The question that I'm posing is what has Cliff Kingsbury done? That makes him the best candidate for the offensive coordinator position for the Washington Commanders. You can say, oh, Jay, he had one of the best offices in college. He had Patrick Mahomes, who a lot of people consider the greatest quarterback we've ever seen. Well, Jay, remember that eleven and six season in two thousand what, twenty one? Yeah, I remember that. The Arizona Cardinals was far and away the best team in football until the bye week hit, and then they just plummeted. I talked about trigger words. I don't like using this because I, I feel anytime you use this word, or anytime you use a word associated with this, people turn their ears off because they think you're quote unquote race baiting. They think you're making it about race. They think that your argument is immediately invalid because you brought race into it. But what this is or what this feels like, I could be wrong. What this feels like is blatant, clear cut. You know what? Let me say it like this. We talked about resumes, we just talked about Cliff Kingsbury and his resume. Let's talk about the resume of the person that was let go that was the previous offensive coordinator and that is Eric Bieniemy. Eric Bieniemy, let's let's talk about his resume. He's a multiple time Super Bowl champion as an offensive coordinator. And while He was the offensive coordinator for the Washington Commanders last year, and Washington struggled. It wasn't because of the offensive coordinating scheme. It was because of the lack of talent that was on the roster. There are talented positions, but the offensive line struggled. The defense obviously struggled. You can only do so much if you have a bad offensive line. I don't don't care if you have Patrick Mahomes as your quarterback. If you have a bad offensive line, you're always playing with with one hand strapped behind your back. Let's just say that. Now I get it. I get it. I get when an, an old regime, you know, Dan Quinn didn't hire, didn't bring on Eric Biennamy. Ron Rivera did. Or yeah, Ron Rivera did. And Dan Quinn has no allegiance, no ties to Eric Bienemy, so he doesn't need to keep him or not. And especially if you are somebody new at the at the head coaching position, you want your guys. You want your he wants your staff. And if there was previous or there's residue of the previous regime, I E the Ron Rivera staff, more than likely they're going to be out of here. I said that when Ron Rivera fired, you know, Jack Del Rio and a bunch of defensive coaches, I said, Ron Rivera is more than likely going to be out. And if Ron Rivera is out and they, and they're letting Ron Rivera stay to the end of the season, more than likely Eric Bieniemi is out. Again, we're going to t- touch on Eric Bieniemi a tad bit more in a second. But the word that I was speaking on, the word that I was so hesitant to say is white privilege. And you're probably asking, how is this white right privilege you just described? Eric Bienamy wasn't a Dan Quinn guy. So Dan Quinn has no allegiance, has no ties to Eric Bienamy. You just said that you expected Eric Bienamy to be out of here. I did. So, Jay, how is this white privilege? It's white privilege because of the resume talk. Look, I'm not saying that people shouldn't have opportunities to do what they want to do. I'm not saying that people shouldn't have a second chance at anything but what i'm saying is cliff kingsbury's resume has not proved to be a resume of a person that should readily continue to get a job at the same position he readily continues to struggle at let's not get it twisted bro Cliff Kingsbury has had opportunity after opportunity to prove himself as a suitable coach. And I understand that there's a difference between head coach and offensive coordinator. But again, it's like people are completely forgetting his NFL resume and looking at his college resume, not highlighting the fact that he had Patrick Mahomes as his coach or his quarterback. And if you want to look further, every single year, the Arizona Cardinals' resume or offense skyrocketed in the beginning of the year with Kyler Murray because I understand that one year he was injured. with They skyrocketed at the, at the beginning of the year. Towards the second half of the season, they always plummet. That's coaching. I know a lot of people, uh, it was big news when, You know, Kyler Murray got his extension and in the the wording in the extension was talking about film study and how they're putting stipulations that you have to study film for for a certain amount of hours of the week. And a lot of people and I was I was one of those people, too. I was attributing a lot of the second half struggles for the Cardinals with Kyler Murray's lack of preparation. But let's not get it twisted It's not all on Kyler Murray It's a coaching thing as well And who was the coach? Cliff Kingsbury Stephen A. Smith touched on this How A lot of African Americans don't get The opportunity to continue To fail and continue To prove themselves In different areas in the same field think i'm wrong where's brian lefwich super bowl winning offensive coordinator where he's at where is he have you heard anything from him super bowl winning offensive coordinator where's he at in fact that is a good question jalen where is he at let's let's google this for a second Um, Oh, he's, he's with the, is he, where is he? I'm trying to, trying to figure this out. Oh, he's still nowhere. And this is the person that won the Super Bowl as an offensive coordinator. What I'm saying is this. That's just one example. I can give you multiple examples, but I'm just going to stick to one. African-Americans the history of history has not really had an opportunity to fail in one in a profession and usually get another shot in that same profession obviously it's happened before but it's it's not a regular thing it's a regular thing for Caucasians because again if you want to get harsh with it if you want to get blunt with it everywhere that Cliff Kingsbury has gone he's failed i don't i don't think people knew this did you know that last season he was the senior offensive analyst for USC the same USC that struggled mightily offensively outside of Caleb Williams who had one of his, had his worst year last year and wasn't even a finalist for the Heisman when he went in as the favorite to go back to back Cliff Kingsbury has failed at every single place he's been yet and still he is the now offensive coordinator for the Washington Commanders when someone like Brian Leftwich or Eric Bieniemy has succeeded at places yet and still can't get a head coaching or even at this point, an offensive coordinating job. Remember Brian Flores? I understand he sued the league and everything, but remember Brian Flores? Very successful head coach at at Miami, in Miami, Miami Dolphins, very successful. And I understand, do you remember how ugly it was, the ending, firing a successful coach? And I think he's now on the coaching staff for um, the Steelers. Why do you think he hasn't gotten a head co- or a, a, like a head coaching job again? You can say it's because he sued the league, and I wouldn't say that you're wrong. But what I'm saying is, why did he have to sue the league again? Cliff Kingsbury has failed at every place he's been. Yet and still, he continues to get opportunity after opportunity after opportunity. African Americans historically has not been able to continue to fail. Usually once they fail, once it's a wrap. Again, Brian Leftwich. and honestly, he didn't fail. Everyone he got fired because the the offense struggled in Tampa Bay after the Super Bowl year but no one talks about Tom Brady was terrible he was bad he was old Tom Brady was not good and even without Brian Leftwich, Tom Brady ain't getting no better that should tell you everything you needed to know I hate to bring I hate bringing Brian Leftwich in here cause this ain't got nothing to do with him but he is a prime example. Cliff Kingsbury resume. If I, let me let me put it on myself. If I mapped out my resume of everything that I've done in life for a job, or let's just say the last five to six years, everything I've done the last five to six years as a job, and walked into, let's say, Let's say I walked into a corporate building. Let's say I walked into Bank of America to be a teller. Let's say I walked into um, Care First or something, trying to get a job as a nurse or a nursing assistant or anything like that. I would not be qualified because I've not done anything that involves a bank. I haven't done anything that involves nursing, medicine, anything. They would not hire me. They would not think twice to not hire me because I'm not qualified for that job. Outside of getting the job, what has Cliff Kingsbury done? Except be a part of a team. That won a Super Bowl. But he wasn't he he didn't play like it wasn't important. But I guess congratulations to Cliff Kingsbury for <laughs> befriending your way to the offensive coordinating position for the Washington Commanders. Even though, if we're being blunt about it, you've done nothing to deserve the job. And that brings me to Eric Bienname. I like Eric Bienname. I think that Eric Bienname has done more than enough to be a head coach. And it's very unfortunate that he's not. I saw Jalen Rose talking about it, and he compared the similarity the similarities to how the NFL is treating Eric Bieniemy compared to how the NBA treats Mark Jackson and I think that there's stark similarities I'm not obviously the only person that thinks that Eric Bieniemy deserves a head coaching job but what I will say is Eric Bieniemy put himself in a damned if you do, damned if you don't situation. And I'm not going to call it a cautionary tale because he did everything that he had to do. He did everything that he was supposed to do. So I'm not going to say, you know, Eric bien is a cautionary tale. What I will say is, if I was Eric bien right now, I'd understand that it's a damned if you do, damned if you don't situation. It sucks. But leaving it sucks because let's say this. It sucks because how do I how do I frame this? The worst thing that could have happened to Eric Bieniemy was last season. In a lot of ways, the absolute worst thing that could have happened to Eric bien left the Kansas City Chiefs because he was never getting the credit for the offensive success for the Chiefs. And he was never going to get the credit for the success of the offense of the Kansas City Chiefs because of Andy Reid and his extensive history of success and his extensive history of offensive creativity he also wasn't going to get the the credit because of who was his quarterback. I'm not I'm not saying that Patrick Mahomes like Eric Bieniemy wasn't a great coach, but it's you have the ultimate cheat code cuz you arguably have the greatest quarterback of all time. So The idea of I need to get out of here and prove my worth because no one is going to give me credit for what I, for my contributions to this offense. I get it. I get it completely. But then you go to Washington. And not only do you go to Washington, Washington struggles. They don't struggle because of you. They struggle because like Washington does, they picked the wrong quarterback. Like Washington does, their offensive line was terrible. Like Washington does, they don't have a lot of solid, skilled players. I mean, Brian Robinson's good. Terry McLaurin's good, but that's about it. And on top of Washington struggling, the Kansas City Chiefs goes and wins the Super Bowl. Which makes... Your contributions, obviously there wasn't any last year, but decreases your contributions even more because now people are looking like, well, they won a Super Bowl with you and they won a Super Bowl without you. So how important were you? Again, I'm not going to call it a cautionary tale because I understand every single move that Eric BNB made. And if I were him. I probably would have done the same thing to prove my worth and to prove that I indeed am good enough to be a head coach. It's unfortunate that African-Americans have to go above and beyond to put themselves in those positions, and I appreciate this go around how we're how we're seeing successful african-american coaches and coaches now that are african-american i.e gerard mayo we saw D'Amico ryan's and hopefully he wins coach of the year of course we always talk about um mike tomlin raheem morris got one all people extremely deserving of head coaching positions but what i will say about Eric Bienamy and this is this is where the cautionary tale comes in. You know how parents and you know how people always say, "Be careful who's in your circle because sometimes most of the time the people in your circle can either elevate you or bring you down. The only thing that I would say that Eric Binamemy messed up was or messed up at is he attached his career to a person that has not that's that hasn't seen the level of success that he's looking for. The only thing Ron Rivera has done is make it to a Super Bowl with an MVP and a historic defense. Ron Rivera is not the name that I want to attach myself to. Because Ron Rivera hasn't shown the ability to be a good head coach for an extended period of time. I understand getting to a Super Bowl is great. But as I talk about with Dan Quinn as a head coach, getting there doesn't mean that you're going to win, i.e. 28-3, i.e. having an MVP in historic Carolina Panthers team in a historic Carolina, Carolina Panthers defense or off, or season don't even win. You lose. So that's all I would say for Eric bien Me, I wish the best for Eric Bien-Ami. Again, I kind of knew that this was going to happen. I didn't know it was going to be for Cliff Kingsbury, but I kind of knew this was going to happen once they fired Jack Del Rio and didn't fire Ron Rivera. Because a smart organization would have fired Ron Rivera. And if you want it, kind of like what the the Raiders did. And I think they did an incredible job. You let go of your coach. You allow Antonio Pierce to interim head coach the rest of the season to see if he's good enough to be a head coach for an extended amount of time. That's what a smart organization would have done they would have let ron rivera go and jack del rio and allowed eric bienemy to interim head coach for the rest of the season and if he was good enough like antonio pierce when the off season came they would work on a contract extension but once i saw that they weren't go- they were going to let ron rivera play out the rest of the season i knew that it was over with not only for ron rivera but it was over with for eric bienemy which is hella unfortunate because the woes of last season was because, like Washington usually does, they pick the wrong players. So I wish the best for Eric bien I really do. I, I I think as the years continue to go by and as opportunity after opportunity an opportunity continues to fade, I think it's less likely now that Eric Bionimi, unfortunately, will ever be a coach, head coach, I'm sorry, in the, in the National Football League, even though he deserves it. But I do hope that he lands on his feet. Because as unfortunate as it is, he made the only wrong decision he made was attaching his name to the Ron Rivera train. And unfortunately, it crashed. So, speaking of crashing, let's let, we're gonna move forward. The Pro Bowl games is what it's called now. The Pro Bowl games happened uh, last week, and the NFL has a problem. We we know the state that the Pro Bowl has been in for the last few years. We know that there needs to be major changes to the Pro Bowl. And the NFL thought that they were doing something, introducing the Pro Bowl games. Obviously, they had the Pro Bowl games before, but they obviously did away with it, and they brought it back. Also, they pretty much took away the NFL Pro Bowl game, And has a flag football style game at this point. I was going to come in here and try to map out how the NFL can fix the Pro Bowl because it was bad this year. And it wasn't just bad as a product, it was bad how it was marketed. It was bad how it was aired. It was bad how it it was just a bad product. Now, I'm not going to sit here and bash the Pro Bowl games because I've done that before. And shouts out to uh, the... uh, I understand the importance of the Pro Bowl in terms of accolades. Same way I understand the importance of all-star selection. Because at the end of the day, when we're looking at a player's career, when we look at a player's accolades, when it's all said and done, and we're looking at what is their resume to make it into the Hall of Fame, whether that's NFL or NBA, Something that's usually put into consideration is Pro Bowls. He's a blank-time Pro Bowler. He's a blank-time All-Star. Those are important. So I get it. I'm not saying do away with the Pro Bowl because I understand in that sense how important it is in terms of a person's Qualifications to make it to the Hall of Fame and how we consider Pro Bowls important in that sense. We consider All-Star, All-Star appearances, Pro Bowl appearances as important in that case, as a stat in that case. And I've talked about how we can make it better. I talked about, you know, making it in the middle of the season. You're not gonna get obviously, you're gonna get the title, but you're not gonna get all the players that you could that are supposed to be in it because a lot of the players that made the pro bowl are getting ready for the super bowl, which is next the week after, and it's so you're gonna get a bunch of alternates, bro. Why the hell? And no offense to him, but sort of offense to him, how the hell did Gardner Minshew... Become a pro bowler. What? Miss Trubisky one year was a pro bowler. What? Obviously things need to change for the pro bowl. I just don't have the map. Because not only that. I understand... NFL is different from NBA in terms of injury rate and injury possibility, which is kind of why they they did away with the Pro Bowl as far as the actual game. But I, I think that you should bring it back. But then again, on top of that, you're not gonna get you're all from players because players understand like one fail swooping is a wrap. The last thing you want to do is hurt yourself in a game that essentially doesn't matter. The only thing that matters about the game is the title that's attached to you. Now Gardner Minshew has Pro Bowler, which is crazy. I don't know how to fix it, man. But I do know that there does need to be fixing. Shouts out to everyone that was a Pro Bowler, whether they participated or didn't. Shouts out to all of them. That's another thing that I also want to touch on, man, is the formatting. Like, I don't... I think if you're going to do the games, like the Pro Bowl games, kind of like All-Star Weekend to a certain extent, you need to let all the games be on one day and then... The next day, the Sunday or whatever, let that last day be just the Pro Bowl game. Like, the Pro Bowl. Because I didn't understand, like, they would do the tug of war, then they'd play a game. Or play, have a couple downs. Then they'll do the wall pull, and then they'll go have a game. Didn't make much sense to me. But, hey, shouts out to all the pro bowlers. Well-deserved. Let's move forward. So there's been a lot, you know, the day one of WNBA free agency happened, I think February 1st. And there has been a lot of movement, whether we talk about Skylar Diggins going from the Phoenix Mercury to the Seattle Storm. Uh Natasha Cloud, which, which kind of sucked and that hurt one. <laughs> she goes from Washington that she was there for like nine years. She went to the Mercury. Uh, Kalea Copper. Uh she was traded to the Mercury. Uh, Neka Abumake, she goes to the Seattle Storm. Aerie McDonald, she gets traded to the Sparks. We're starting to see the the WNBA is starting to look eerily. How do I say this? You're starting to see the WNBA adapt around the Sparks. Not the Sparks, I'm sorry. The Aces. What you're seeing is teams being built. To hopefully stop the aces. We have seen, we don't, there's, you can put the aces in that because we've seen so little of them in the WNBA's history. I wouldn't be upset. I wouldn't be shocked if you would, you already, even, even after winning just two, you put the aces in that dynasty conversation in the WNBA because we haven't seen a lot of them. The Aces just became what the third or fourth team in WNBA history to go back to back. And as it's currently constructed, I wouldn't be shocked because they have the best player and the best core. I wouldn't be shocked if they went back to back to back. But we're seeing teams like the Mercury, you know, getting cloud, getting copper. Or Cooper I understand how they're they're trying to build you see the Seattle Storm getting a boom McKay getting Diggins already having Jewel Lloyd it's going to be very interesting not to mention you still have the New York Liberty that has Sabrina Nadescu that still has um oh, John Quell Jones You're starting to see teams forming around. Oh, and they have Breonna Stewart. I completely forgot. I apologize. But you're starting to see teams constructing their teams to stop the Vegas Aces. And you're also seeing teams. It's like for for a very, very, very lesser extent. You're. It's starting to feel like how it felt with. Uh, Kevin Durant going to the Golden State Warriors. And what I mean by that is there were teams, well, there was really only one team, and that was the Houston Texans, or Houston Rockets, that saw that and said, you know, we're not going to concede. We're not going to just let them do whatever they want. There was a lot of teams that said, yo, we're going to wait this Kevin Durant thing out. So you saw a lot of tanking. You saw – teams not really making moves for right now because they understood that right now wasn't finna happen because you have an all-time team in the golden state warriors you saw the houston rockets kind of build build their team to stop golden state and you saw lebron james just be lebron james that was really it with this you're seeing a lot more teams like the seattle storm like the phoenix mercury like the uh, New York Liberty, they're not going to rest on their laurels, and they're not going to just uh, try, allow the Vegas Aces to just build up championship after championship until hopefully for them the team breaks up. So I mean, the Mercury getting uh, Copper was or Cooper was huge. Kalea Cooper. Kalia, I'm sorry. Cooper is one of the best players in the WNBA. Let's. And most of these players, man. Nabumake, no Nagumake. I apologize. Neka Agumake is one of the best. She's a Hall of Famer when she's done. Natasha Cloud was the was the yeah. engine for the for the Washington Mystics when she was there we know there was a lot of rockiness going on with Skylar Diggins and the Mercury but we know as far as a talent standpoint how good she is this is going to be a very interesting season and I am going to wait obviously until we get closer to the season to give any prediction but what it looks like is teams are not just going to I don't want to say super team because I feel like that is kind of played out at this point. You see teams going all or nothing for it, you know. <laughs> like teams are are trying their best. They're not just about to let the Vegas Aces just run through the league for however long they're constructed. That's all I'm saying. So shouts out to all! Shouts out to all the people that got traded. I know D.D. Robinson. Richard's, Richards. I think I apologize for messing up your name, D.G. Richards. She signed with the Mystics. Uh, there was a lot of movement, so and there will be more movement, so we'll see. Damn it, I want my Mystics, man. I, I, I'm a little scared about Elena Deladoni. Let Tasha go. Oh boy, we'll see, we'll see. Uh. I also want to talk about the Grammys for a second and how interesting the conversation after the Grammys have been. Let me first say congratulations to everyone that won an Emmy, everyone that was nominated for Emmy. especially when you see how much music drops weekly to even be nominated for Emmys is is a big thing. Now, yes, obviously there's a major difference between being nominated and winning. But congratulations to everyone. That's a part of the Emmys. But it's very interesting, the conversations that are being had after the Emmys concluded. Seeing who won, seeing who didn't win, the whole snubs conversation, this, that, and the third. We're going to talk about the Jay-Z comments in a second. Actually, you know what? The Jay Z comments is kind of the underlining, the underlining, my underlining feelings for this grant for the Grammys. Let me let me first start this topic by saying that I am a person. (laughs) That's obvious, but what I mean by that is. I am not going to always agree with what you feel. And I don't expect you to always agree with what I feel. I'm not going to agree with he, her, him. I'm not going to. Everyone has their own opinion. And that's the beauty of society. That's the beauty of the world. You're supposed to have your own opinion. Now, your opinion can change, but you're supposed to have your own opinion. And obviously, there's a lot of opinion that comes after, you know, an award that comes after categories and someone winning, someone not winning. That's just what is that's that's a, a lore of the Grammy. That's a lord of any award show. whether right? That's the Grammys, the Oscars, the BT Awards, the MTV Awards. The talk after, the who got snubbed, who got this, who got that, that's always a bonus for the entity in which we're describing. And as unfortunate as it is, there's always been a disconnect between the art form of music, And the artist of music and the people giving out awards. One thing that's universal. And one thing that, you know, my moms used to say and people back in the day used to always say is someone's actions are always going to tell you more than their words. You know What somebody values by their actions more than their words. I can be, I can have the, (laughs) I can talk my way out of something. But my actions will always speak louder than my words. Congratulations to every single person that won a Grammy. I think all was deserved. But if you want to know why there's always felt like a, not always, but there has felt like a, always felt like a disconnect between the Grammys and let's say rap and hip hop. Or if you were questioning why, but you couldn't have any proof, there's been proof for years. They did not even televise pretty much any rap categories. We found out who won Rap Album of the Year two hours before the Grammys even aired. And it was live. The Grammys were live. And this and And rap is, I think, the largest music genre in the United States, in the world at this point. Rap, hip-hop, for people that didn't hear me correctly, hip-hop and rap is the largest music group in the world. Yet and still, the quote-unquote biggest night to hand out awards didn't even air the rap categories. Meaning... I didn't find out Killer Mike won Rap Album of the Year until I saw it on social media. Two hours before the Grammy started. Jay-Z's comments, because Jay-Z won something. uh, I apologize, I don't remember what he won, but he was awarded something, and he pretty much said, the... Criteria, the way that the Grammys go about how they go about it has been flawed from the start. Now, again, I know music is subjective, but we know who Beyonce is. Beyonce has been nominated for the most Grammys, I think, of all time. Nominated. Yet and still, she's never won for album of the year. Never. Has over 30 nominations for Grammys. Has never won album of the year. Now, I'm not the largest Beyonce fan. I respect her craft and I respect her contributions to music. But I, even I think it's crazy that she has never won Album of the Year, yet she has over 30 nominations. Or the fact that, again, rap is the biggest music genre in the world. Yet and still, it wasn't even aired. Hm. It's very interesting. Now, another topic that I wanted to hit on with the Grammys is the talk about winning and losing. And I understand that artists have fan bases. And I understand that some artists feel like they got snubbed. Some artists feel like, or some artists that did win, obviously people feel like they didn't win. I want to focus on that Killer Mike, uh, Rap Album of the Year win. That wasn't televised, but we're not going to get back there. Um, To a lesser extent, a much, much lesser extent, the conversation surrounding Killer Mike winning Rap Album album of the Year is kind of the same conversation to a very lesser extent. And I'm going to explain kind of the same conversation that uh, Macklemore, when Macklemore won, I think, Rap Album of the Year over Kendrick Lamar and over Drake. Again, we have to understand, like I just said, like Jay-Z said, that this whole process is flawed, right? Now, that isn't me taking away from Killer Mike, but that's me saying just because Killer Mike won doesn't mean that whatever didn't win wasn't good. And it also doesn't mean that they essentially got it wrong. They just made their decision. I think Michael, which was Killer Mike's album, was a great album. And it's very interesting and kind of why I want to address this is how we discuss topics like this because I hear a lot of people saying that Utopia got snubbed but when they build their argument they always talk about album sales they always talk about streams they don't talk about the music I personally think that Ash or Utopia should have won rap album of the year because that is the album rap album that I've listened to most since it came out I just listened to it before I came in here and and shot this or, you know, recorded. I am a huge fan of Utopia. I'm not going, but that's me. I also really enjoyed the Michael album. I just, when we talk about replay value, I listen to Utopia more. I'm not saying that it got snubbed because, you know, three billion people. I'm not saying all that. Because that kind of goes to the conversation with the Macklemore winning. Yes, you can say maybe Macklemore sold more albums or he was streamed more, but that does does that mean that he won or he that Kendrick should have won? I think Kendrick undoubtedly had the better album. That's why I think that was a bigger snub. But that's in the same metric, you know. Killer Mike, whether you like the album or not, he won, and I'm not gonna, you know, and it kind of feels like a. At first, it kind of felt like a legacy thing. You know how last year Nas won for King's Disease when, like, he has had much better albums, but they finally just gave it to him? It kind of feels like that, but Killer Mike did sweep. <laughs> he, went, he swept all rap categories. And I'm saying congratulations to him. Again, I would have liked to see, you know, Travis Scott win. Seeing as though he was nominated, what, 10 times for a Grammy and hasn't won one. But I'm not going to downgrade Killer Mike just because I feel like Utopia should have won. Michael was a great album. I just don't think it had the same replay value as Utopia. But there's a lot of people out there that don't believe that Utopia has replay value, you know, and that's them. That's cool. People that think. Killer Mike should have won rap album of the year. They probably think that it was, you know, they they probably standing on 10 toes, just, just happy about it. And that's cool. Nothing wrong with that. But I don't think that album of the year, rap album of the year, any album of the year should be considered, like, I don't think sales, I don't think um, streams, I don't think that should be included or that should matter. Let me say when discussing the rap or any album of the year, because it takes away from how was the music there's, there's songs that have streamed. Like Ice spice is one of the most streamed artists of the year. I don't think that she has album of the year. Sexy red is one of the most streamed artists Right now out. I don't think they should have album of the year. The baby, when he was at his peak, was one of the most streamed artists. I don't think that he's put out something that should be rap album of the or any album of the year. You know. But hey, congratulations to Killer Mike for winning for sweeping the rap categories, you know. Um, I wanted to give a shout out to a couple people. I wanted to give a shout out to Victoria Monet for winning three Grammys. Uh I, so I'm going to give my opinion. <laughs> Mind you, this is my opinion. I don't, I don't, if you don't agree, that's perfectly fine. I think that Victoria Monet has a beautiful voice. I think that she is one of the best singers out there right now. Um, and I listened to Jaguar too. I wasn't the biggest fan of just the album. But I was a, a fan of just her singing ability. You know, listening to her sing was great. Um, what, Oh My Mama? Great song. I just, I wasn't a fan of the entire album, but I was a fan of her singing. That's, let's not go that way. But I do think that, you know, I'm happy for her for winning three Grammys. Shouts out to SZA for winning four Grammys, I believe um or maybe three i i have stood on the table and said that i believe i could be that's my opinion i think uh sos was better than control whoa whoa i know i know i know before you start to go click clacking that's my opinion i think SOS as an entire album is better than Control as an entire album, even though Control has some bangers. I'm not going to lie to you, but I like SOS more. Um, so I'm happy that she won, what, three or four, I believe, including uh, what progressive rap or progressive R&B album, I think, she won of the year. I know she won for Ghost of the Machines, which isn't my favorite, but hey she won, so shout out to her. And I think that kind of brings me to my last point before we go. Artist fatigue. I think that there is starting to become artist fatigue when we talk about Taylor Swift. Now, I couldn't name you five Taylor Swift songs. That's me. I'm not going against anyone that supports Taylor Swift that likes Taylor Swift that thinks Taylor Swift puts out nothing but bangers. I, I don't know. Yo, I'll just say this. I didn't know. I'm not a country guy. Let me first. Let me. I don't listen to country. It's just. That's just not a genre that I've really gotten into. I stumbled across the Chris. Sta- uh, Chris Staples or Stapleton. Chris Stapleton album. Incredible. And White Horse. I go crazy when that song comes on. I'm still not a big fan of country, but I do like that album. So. This is that's just my opinion. All of this obviously is my opinion, but I for one, think that scissors should have won album of the year because obviously I listen to SOS more than I listen to whatever Taylor Swift dropped. Again, I'm not part of that demographic. I don't listen to Taylor Swift on a regular. I don't listen to Taylor Swift at all to be to be honest with you but it just feels like and I don't know if that's due to the NFL as well and how they're covering Taylor Swift because they understand how big of a fan base that she carries but it's just becoming a lot and and I'm also cuz I see a lot of people a lot of people on social media getting like attacked for supporting Taylor Swift I'm not going against this girl I don't I, look <laughs> What she does has nothing to do with me. I don't listen to her music. That doesn't mean her music sucks. Let me say that. That doesn't mean her music sucks. It just means that I don't listen to her music. She doesn't have me as a fan. It doesn't take away from the millions upon millions of her fans. I'm not going to bash who you support. You know? I, I'm i a huge fan of Travis Scott. I'm a huge fan of SZA, you know? I'm not going to bash you... If you like certain type of music and if you don't, if you're if you like Taylor Swift music, that's good for you. Music, music is subjective. But what I'm saying is, um, it just feels like, again, I think that is also compounded by the NFL and how much they're covering her with Travis Kelsey and everything. But it just feels like there's fatigue when it comes to Taylor Swift even though she is dropping a new album that she announced at the Grammys so but again man congratulations to killer Mike Victoria Monet from Monet I'm sorry SZA, Jay-Z every single person that received a Grammy at the Grammys well deserved for all of you guys. And there you have it. That has been today's episode of the Unpopular Podcast. I truly, truly appreciate you guys. If you want an Unpopular Podcast shirt, hoodie, sweater, long-sleeve joggers, the link is in the description below. I have multiple different colors, multiple different designs. Get your Unpopular Podcast merch today. Also... Please subscribe to the YouTube channel, man. I'm trying to reach as many followers as I can, or subscribers, I'm sorry, as I can, and it definitely, definitely means a lot. Tell a friend to tell a friend to tell a friend. If you like the content, subscribe. Also, if you're listening on the DSPs, whether that's Apple Music or Podcasts, whether that's Spotify, whether that's SoundCloud, please subscribe or follow wherever you're listening. You guys matter as well. I put a lot into the audio as well, and please 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 tell a friend to tell a friend to follow or subscribe also follow the socials um follow instagram follow tiktok i post pretty much daily i post stories um, that's where you can pretty much reach me the, the fastest all the links in the description below follow you know <laughs> um until next time much love